Welcome to Everreal Talks, where we talk about Spokane real estate. Spokane is made up of its people, places, and history, and the business of real estate is a reflection of these. So along with talk about real estate, we'll talk about the history that's shaped us, the people that define us, and the places that make us feel at home. Hey there, Spokane. Welcome to another episode of Everreal Talks. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Syed. And I'm Jessica Syed. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to actually highlight the Audubon Downriver neighborhood and everyone's favorite subject, taxes. Oh, that's exciting. Also, just uh, to make a note, for those of you that are listening to our show here on Saturday, we are also going to be broadcasting on Tuesdays at 5.30 p.m. Uh, so if Saturday is a tough time for you to s- sign in and listen to us, we're there on Tuesdays as well. Great. Uh, before we get into the content of the show, uh, I wanted to, we did get a question from our first episode, um, and that question was, we were talking about, if you remember, like the hottest markets in the United States from the FHFA and like who's had the most appreciation and all that kind of stuff, and Chico, California was at the top, and the question was, why was the Chico, California market so hot in 2019? Did it have anything to do with the fires? And that was a very insightful... Is that insightful supposed to be a pun or uh, what do you mean <laughs> the market is so hot because of the fires oh my god but i'm gonna be here all week that was folks. such a bad joke i had no idea what she was talking about um, somebody appreciated it out somebody there. probably did so actually that is a very insightful question because that is a huge part of what was going on so i found an article off of realtor.com and they they basically did mention that the overwhelming there was an overwhelming influx of residents uh, from mm-hmm. Paradise, which is the town just 14 miles down the road from Chico that was leveled by the state's deadliest fire in November of 2018. Um, and there was, you know, people's houses were decimated. And it was very interesting reading through this is that the market value would shoot up mm-hmm. and sometimes it would shoot down. So real estate brokers were saying they'd get a $50,000 over list price offer and then they would have two weeks later, the same house in the same neighborhood having $30,000 below list price Hmm. offers. And it was driven because of people's insurance money. So they would get a check in the mail from an insurance company for all this cash. Mm -hmm. And they had more cash than they'd ever seen in their lives. Hmm. And they're walking in and they're just slamming it down and bidding each other up because they were all getting checks at the same time. So anyway, that was a huge part of why the Chico, California. All the the insurance... Checks were being released at the same time by companies. And Similar so would time. They would go in waves. Right, right, right. That's interesting. So, anyway, that does uh, bring up, if you do have questions either on something that we're talking about on the show or you just have general real estate questions, feel free to email us at ask at evoreal.com. That's A-S-K, like you're asking a question, at evoreal, E-V-O-R-E-A-L.com. Um and then you can also reach out to us and, and uh, comment or message us on any of our social accounts. So uh, just search for Everreal, E-V-O-R-E-A-L, on either Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Cool. Um, so we're going to be talking today a little bit about history. And we're going to talk about the history of Audubon Downriver area. Um, the Audubon Downriver area is a beautiful neighborhood. And so I did some research um, this would include, of course, the Downriver neighborhood, which is right by Downriver Golf Course, um, Audubon Park, and the blocks that surround that all the way up to uh, Wellesley, over to Ash, um, and then kind of over to the Bluff. Um, there's a really, it's more like a little finger that goes out there. Sure. 
um, Wellesley. So uh, I just did a little bit of research about that and found out that um, that was first used by the Native Americans, that, that whole area. So the west side. I think um, much of this area was, as a matter of fact. Yes, but this is especially, like, it was especially active because of, um, uh, like, Indian Trail, which we're going to talk about another time, but Indian Trail is called Indian Trail because it was a uh, trail for the Native Americans. But they, within the Audubon area, there's a natural springs called, we call it Drumheller Springs, um, and it was a gathering place. And the Spokane tribe, um, they used to uh, have annual trips and stay in lodges just above there um, in, like, the 1930s, which I thought was really cool. What's really interesting about Drumheller Springs is that I had never even heard of it, which is kind of sad. You have something. It's a natural springs right in the middle of Spokane. Yeah. What's in, what is interesting to me is that the more we're doing this show, the more I'm realizing what I don't know about my right. own community. Yeah. No, it's it's a very interesting. Um, so that's not very far from our office. If I'm looking at the map, it's kind of right there on yeah. that curve on Ash. Yep. We'll have to go check that out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it looks like you can walk down there. Um, some of the um, Spokane tribe has actually taken time out to go and clean it out because I'm sure it's been a place where people have just sure. not taken care of it. Um, so another interesting thing about that area is has to do with Chief Gary and Chief Gary um, in the night in 19 oh, excuse me 1830 went to back to Manitoba where he um, basically got his studies in and then he came back to this area to start school. Um, he started a school at the mouth of the Spokane River, but he also did a second school in a longhouse near Drumheller Springs in the 1960s. Or excuse me, 1960s. That'd be interesting. <laughs> 1860s, um, which I thought was a, a pretty cool thing that he was there. He was teaching um, agriculture and religion, and um, yeah, kind of a kind of a neat neat little history there for uh, the Drumheller area. Um, Another little piece of history uh, is that Frank Hogan and John Finch, they donated the Audubon Park area in, re in exchange, and this was in 1905, in exchange for the city providing landscaping, road, and water improvements to the park because they were building a housing project in the area. Oh, really? What housing project might that have been? <laughs> I think it would be the Audubon Park housing project. I don't know if they called it that or not, but that's, that's a pretty sweet deal for the developer. Yeah, and it was a so the park that they donated was 33 acres, um, and it's named after John James Audubon because they said that there were so many unique types of birds in the area. So there oh, you have it. That's really cool. One last fact about the area is that um, they actually had a rope tow operated at City Ski Acres in the 1950s, and people did some like and sledding and all that kind of stuff. Where was this? I don't know exactly where that was. It, I think it's over closer maybe to the VA, um, but somewhere in there they had a rope tow probably that went down the bluff someplace. Interesting. If anybody knows about that, please uh, let us know because that would be a very interesting thing to understand. Awesome. Are we going to talk about our featured house in that area? Yeah. Do you want to give it a whirl? I sure can. Our featured house this week is 2815 North E Street, the yep. letter E. Uh, 
Mary Gunter John from uh, Exit Real Estate has that listed. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath, 2,868 square feet. It's a mid-century brick rancher. There's a lot of uh, mid-century construction in that area uh, over there by the Down River Golf, cor- golf Course. Um, three main floor bedrooms, one non-egress lower level. Uh, looks like there's been some updates to it. Furnace replaced in 2013. So... Um, if you're interested in this house or you're interested in any other uh, homes in that area, uh, we will feature this house on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the Evel Real Facebook page and click on the link and check it out and look at some pictures. Uh, but we can always help you and would love to help you if you're interested in uh, housing in the Spokane area. You can call us at 62-HOUSE. That's area code 509-62, the word house, and we will help you out. So, all right, what's next on our list here, Jessica? <laughs> well, I think we're going to talk about some the dreaded word taxes today. Oh, boy, real estate so, taxes. So today's real estate section, we're going to be talking Matt, about taxes. Yeah. Don't be too boring when you get into this. Can you do, do that? Does anybody observe that Jessica always gives me the boring parts hey, of the conversation? that's not true. You pick the boring parts of the conversation. <laughs> that's all right. They fit. I'm the, that's because I can make those boring parts so much if the more shoe fits, interesting. Buddy, if the shoe fits. All right. We're going to talk about taxes, and we're not going to talk about income taxes or anything that most of us are familiar with in our daily lives. What we're going to be talking about is some recent changes to the Washington State real estate excise tax rules. So... First of all, we should probably talk a little bit about what is real estate real estate excise tax. It is a tax that is charged typically to the seller, mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it is a liability to the buyer if it's not paid at closing. Okay. Uh, so it's charged to the seller most often uh, on the sale of any real estate. Mm-hmm. It is also a tax that applies to the transfer of controlling interests of 50% or more. So that means if I were to give to my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, or more of a property's ownership, then it will trigger an excise tax. So that would also, it would apply like if you wanted to give some land to your kid or you wanted to. Yes, and we should not get into that on this program, but there are certain uh, exemptions that come for with real estate excise tax. Uh, Usually giving that to a gift in a family um, would qualify for that. I will say this, that your tax professional at the county assessor's office will tell you what you can or cannot do. And really, anytime you're transferring property, you're going to be going through some sort of an escrow entity or a closing Mm -hmm. attorney or something like that. Um, So in that situation, uh, there are some exemptions, which is part of my next question. Like, who's affected by real estate excise tax? Uh, Well, pretty much everybody. Anybody that is selling real estate is affected by that. There is one exception. Uh, with this change, mm-hmm. and that is agricultural land or timberland land is not timberland. Timberland. <laughs> JT in the house. <laughs> JT is exempt from everything. <laughs> too cool. Too cool for he school. He is. Sorry. So agricultural land and timberland is excluded from the new rate structure, uh, and it will continue to stay at what the previous rates were. Okay. So. Uh, maybe what we should do, we're kind of coming up on the time for a break. So mm-hmm. that's my teaser. Uh, ooh, ooh, when wow. we come back, we're <laughs> going to talk about the new excise tax rates. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back. 
on the break, I was reprimanded to make sure and keep this simple (laughs) and easy. Wow. But I was like sweet about it. Oh, my God, Matt, you have pages and pages of notes on real estate excise tax. And I was like, you know, this can be boiled down to some simple stuff. All right. So here's what it is. Okay. Real estate excise tax for the past history, as long as I've been in real estate, has been 1.28% of the gross sale price. So for every $100,000 in a sale price, you'd pay about $1,280 to the state. Now, little nuance yeah, is that each, each of your local municipalities and counties have a little additions in there. So in Spokane, for example, it's always been about a half of a percent. So at your closing table it would in Spokane, it would have been 1.78%. And that's important because that's how much you're actually going to be paying. Only part of that goes to the state. Rest of it goes to the county. It's, yeah, it stays within the county, and yeah. I don't know what what they do with the money, but right. uh, they spend it. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. But what I'm going to talk about is just the state portion, because that's the only portion that changed. Okay. Everything else has stayed so, the same. So anything that you say, it, we're going to add, add a half point, a percent to it. Point five. Okay. Okay. So in the past, it's been straight across 1.28 mm-hmm. percent. Um, I will say. Quick shout out and thank you to our Realtor Association because the proposal mm. in the legislative session a year ago was to increase it significantly for everyone across the board. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we asked the legislature to give us a tiered version of the tax. Okay. So here's the tiered version. If your sale price is $500,000 or less, mm-hmm. which congratulations, Spokane, your average sale price is still significantly below that. The tax rate goes down mm-hmm. to 1.1%. So this is probably the first time I've ever heard of tax rates going down, but they did. So then the next tier is 500,000 and a penny up to 1.5 million, and that goes to it stays the same. It's at 1.28%. So it stays, so it stays the same, same as it is as it was before 2019 and yeah. So it doesn't stay the same as 1.1, but it does not change from the 2019 numbers and before. Mm -hmm. It's only after 1.5 million and above that the changes happen. So 1.5 to 3 million is at 2.75%, and then 3 million or more. 2.75%. So that goes up like 1.5%. Yes. Which is a lot. It's a lot of money. If you're living in the King County market, Mm -hmm. this is impacting you significantly. significantly. A lot of your equity is getting tapped on this. Three million and above is three percent, so it goes up another. I guess that's only a quarter of a percent at that point. So the biggest jump is between one point five million um, and three million, and then it goes up a little bit more after that. Now this is tiered, and again, I won't go into a ton of the detail because it can right. get, especially well, on the radio, going to get a little. Hold on. What what I will say is, I believe that when you're in this. Let's see, you're at three million. It's anything above. Yeah, that's what I mean by tiered. So. Right. If you're at five, if you're at a million, your first five hundred thousand is at one point one percent, and your next five hundred thousand is at one point two eight percent. So you're not paying it on the total amount. That's you know that makes a big difference in people's bottom line for sure. So just quickly for our Spokane market, which will probably will we will see a savings in this. So on a three hundred thousand dollar home in two thousand nineteen at one point two eight percent, that would have been three thousand eight hundred and forty dollars. And in 2020, it would have gone down to 1.1%, which is $3,300. So you saved 500 bucks hey, cool. selling your $300,000 house mm-hmm. in taxes. So uh, you us. can do the math. You can Google it. You can just say Washington State real estate excise tax. It will tell you all the things that 
go into it. It'll tell you what percentage of it goes where in our state budget. Mm -hmm. Almost 80% of it just goes into the general fund. So okay. uh, in gener it's generally paying for general stuff <laughs> in our general fund. So, uh, yeah, excise tax, something that you're going to have to pay. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to go back to uh, Audubon here for a minute because that it's is... It's more interesting than it, taxes? Well, you know, I think that all of it is important, Matt. All of it is important. <laughs> and sometimes it's just some things are more fun to talk about than others. Featured community, Audubon, just like we talked about the history there, um, we want to talk a little bit about Audubon and Downriver and things that we love about Good. that area. Um, so I think two of the big ones that we love is the parks. We have great parks here in Spokane. We really do. Really be grateful. Um, Audubon Park is a great park. Like I said, 33 acres. It has, has it is huge. It is huge, and it has so many things. It's got the splash pad. It has picnic area. You could you could play football there. You could I mean, and then it's got so much shade and places to yeah, tons of hang pine out. trees in that yeah. area. Yeah, and then the houses you know around it really I don't know. There's something very quaint about that that I really love. They've got one of those brick. Old rock fireplaces yes. that they put up in the yes. I don't know the 50s or the um you know 60s? what we'll get into that's actually part of our history lesson sometime this year so I'm not going to oh. talk about it right now all right so well, we'll get there another um, time Riverside State Park uh, is of course right over the bluff there and that right is, kind of that finger part of the yeah I mean that really is just an absolute treasure yeah you know that is an area that for for those of us who live in who it's been treasured. Since the beginning of time, right? Because you know, even even the native folks, that was such an important, um, you know, socioeconomic with the fish and mm -hmm. the trading and you know the things that happened there. Um, you can also go camping down there. There is a campground. There is a campground. Were you going to say something? You well, there, yeah, I have a couple of things I want to say. Yeah. Two things. Uh, first of all, I did it. It hit me probably about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, on a lunch break, decided to go for a five-minute drive from my office and ended up in Riverside State Park, and I realized that I had all of this natural wonder, the bull and pitcher and all the things that mm -hmm. are part of Riverside State Park, that close yeah. to where people live and yeah. work. And then the second thing I wanted to say is that my buddy Dan, uh, who works with Evergreen Mountain Bike, um, the group, that mountain bike group, Mm -hmm. They groom the trails in Riverside State Park for riding your fat tire bikes. Okay. Shout out to Dan Shout Wilson out to Dan and Wilson. all the, his team that, that take care of that. Evergreen, Evergreen East. There we go. Um, so some things about this, the neighborhood itself. This, I kind of, I tend to love this, that it's just a flat area. <laughs> it sounds weird. There's not a lot of, you know, up and down. Um, the, the, the streets and that would are be, shaded. would that be... More downriver area because it seems like there are some hills in there to me. Like if you're over it's by Audubon, pretty, it's a pretty. I mean, I know that there's some, but it's it's got a lot of flatness around it. So I mean, obviously there's going to be some hills, but that's one of the things that I love about neighborhoods. Sure. And I don't know, and I, I know that other people feel completely opposite than that, but I just something about those. Like, it's a feature whether you like it or that's not. That's true. That's true. Um, some other things about the houses in the area: lots of brick. Rancher, there's ranchers and there's cottage-style homes. Um, we've got, of course, Finch School that actually was built in 1924. You know, that when you say Finch School, that reminds me, we represented a client that was selling their house across the street from Finch, mm -hmm. and the school district actually bought the house to tear it down and expand the school. Yeah, well, I think they were doing some, I don't know if they were expanding the school, but they needed that land for something, I don't know. 
Hopefully not a parking lot. Probably. Um, also in the area, you have the golf course. You have disc golf. Some favorite places to eat. Down, so Downriver Golf Course. Yes, Downriver Golf Course. And is, is the disc golf that's at Downriver? River, that's down at River State. Riverside State Park. Riverside okay. State Park. We also have the Flying Goat, Downriver, and the Little... Flying Goat and the Downriver Grill, to be specific, because everything's called Downriver Down down over there. Downriver Grill. But one of our favorite places that I don't think is the praises are sung nearly as much as the Little Garden Cafe. I do love the Little Garden Cafe. I love that place. It's fantastic. The architecture of the area is great. And, you know, you just get great coffee, and uh, I love their breakfast. It's one of my favorite places that if I'm going to leave the office to Mm -hmm. go work, I will go down there, grab a cup of coffee, put on my headphones, and grab their Wi-Fi. (laughs) That's good. So let's do the numbers on uh, the Audubon Downriver area. There are 18 active listings right now. The price range is 129 to 534. Um, the and those are thousands. That's speaking in thousands. Those are kind of that's kind of a big range. It is a big range. The 534 is a is a little bit more of an outlier. Um, the pending listings. So I said 18 active. 15 of those are already pending. So there are only three available houses, and we shared one of them on this that's a brand-new house. Which, quick disclaimer, yeah. I mean, for all we know, at this moment in time, they're literally writing an offer. So yep. don't get all huffy and puffy if you <laughs> if go look at that available. house and it's not for sale anymore. Um, median home price is $277,000. Um, that's a super affordable price point. It is. It is. And it's, for, again, for where for you're at and you what get. you get in that area in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. and Yeah. The... I wanted to put down the days on market because I think that's important. 24 days on the market right now in that area for the active listings. Um, sold in the last six months, 120 houses have mm. sold, which is really a high amount, it feels like to me. And the median sold price is $232,000. So okay. there you go. So the bottom line for this area is the architecture, the walkability, and the sense of a tight community. And part of that is small lots, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're kind of close to your neighbors. Uh, make Audubon the epitome of a cute neighborhood. Yeah, Audubon is a great area. It was definitely a place that I uh, thought about living. Yeah, pretty great. Love the neighborhood and the restaurants and stuff. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. And and we actually have more. We've got what's happening in Spokane. Were you trying to cut that off? I thought we were running out of time. No, we got about four minutes. Four whole minutes? Yeah. Well, let's do it. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. Still getting used to radio. So what is happening in Spokane, Jessica? Well, I'll tell you. Um, This this week actually is happening tonight and tomorrow um, is the Pixar concert. Um, It's called Pixar in Concert. And it's going to be at the Fox Theater downtown. It's the, basically the symphony is doing it. And I think it sounds like a lot of fun. It very well could be sold out. But I think it would be so cool to listen to the music. Symphony of, play Pixar? Yeah. It's kind of like the Harry Potter that they do. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Decadence Chocolate Festival, February 7th, uh, which is a Friday. Uh, that's from 4 to 9 p.m. I know some people out Davenport there Grand. are really into chocolate, so this would be definitely their cup of tea. And I think we also, I think we have some time to go through one of our little house tips here, too. We've got right. a few minutes left here. So, um, house maintenance. What Matt and I do with filters. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> that would be what Jessica and I do with filters. Oh, you know, here's the thing, is that... Um, 
we used to try, I remember you always like, we really need to change out our filter. We really need to change out our filter. And I finally was like, honey, do something about it. And so we did do something about it. And here's what we did. And these are like so simple, but there's good reason. First, tell us the good reasons to change out your filter. Uh, Well, it keeps the air in your home clean. Yep. If you if you have a electric baseboard, you don't have a filter to clean out. So okay. just to, so people aren't looking for their filters. <laughs> forced air, forced air furnace, whether it's oil, gas. Right, but what is it? And it also does for the furnace itself. It keeps it clean. So obviously, okay. circulating air through the house, and it's going to be pulling dust in. So so here's what we did. We just started buy, buying them in bulk. We just buy twelve at a time. And then we have a reminder on the first of every month to change it out. That way and, we're not. And we, you know, to... not everybody changes their filters out every month. I just, when I'm running the furnace a lot, I just like to make sure it's clean. So yeah. I think monthly, bi-monthly, most of them say you can change it every three months. Um, I do remember when I was first a homeowner, I wanted to save money, and so I got those washable ones that you could, like, oh, my Too God. Much work. Oh, my God, that is so not worth it. Yeah, that, that didn't just, go well at all for They're me. only a few bucks anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, set an alarm, change your filter, especially during the heating months when you're moving a lot of air. It will mm-hmm. keep everyone in the house healthier, and it will If you're uh, doing your also furnace. any inst- construction on your home, make sure you're doing that on a regular basis as well because it will keep your air in your house a lot cleaner with the dust and things that can be happening during construction. And then buy the special ones in the fire season of summer to pull the smoke out of the air. So that's my other last little tip. You can get special furnace filters that pull all those little microns out. So I think that that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Everreal Talks. I'm Matt Side. I'm Jessica Side. And feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments. Ask at everreal.com. Call us at 509-62-HOUSE. Uh, everreal.com is our website, and you can always search us on Facebook and Instagram at everreal, E-V-O-R-E-A-L. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.